Before we start this podcast, we just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to our sponsors, Amphibipod and Colourful Cresties, creating amazing products to improve the enrichment and lives of a wide variety of exotic species. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 11 of the Hairpin Hour. This episode is informative invert, and we're joined by Sussex Mantids and Phasmids. I'm Simon, I'm from Sussex Mantids and Phasmids. I've been raising and breeding Mantids and Phasmids for three years-ish now. Lots of joy out of them, lots of fun. Yeah, it's a great passion of mine, I enjoy doing it. I do love inverts and stuff i love like obviously man we've had mantis we've had we had stick insects for a while i've got cockroaches spiders and stuff so i like creepy crawlies yeah same same i would say mantis is uh by far my favorite out of all of them though yeah like there's been a few like i can't say they've got shifty eyes it's more mischievous like you look at a man- mantis and you're like you've got mischievous eyes and there'd yeah. be a couple of times yeah. when we go into the to the reptile room be like where's the orchid mantis gone she got out and she just sits on like the laptop or sits on the computer monitor staring at us like there's that look again it's a put her back in but fantastic pets great personality on them like one minute they're like yeah i'll just sit here and chill next they're so fast when they move as well it's like gone bye <laughs> yeah definitely i had um, some glass mantises that just seem to float like a feather down to the floor when they jump off you oh wow, oh, wow. the glass ones are really cool i do like yeah. those Really fast and really hard to find. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. If they're fast, I don't want them. (laughs) Threat displays they do as well. Like from this little tiny insect to some big beastly looking thing and just the movements of the arms. It's crazy. They are amazing. It's like like the spinies. They really do have attitude problems, the spinies. (laughs) I had two ages ago when I had mantis. I had two. One, so chill. The chillest little thing. The other one tried to eat me if I looked at it wrong. Yeah. It was so scary. What got you into like keeping like mantids and phasmids on like a larger scale? So we started off um, with a couple of boy ghost mantises, and um, when we got to adult, we realised they stop eating. All they want to do is find a partner and um, do what they're supposed to do and recreate. And I couldn't bear it anymore, so I decided this. This time I will make sure I have a partner there. And the passion just kept growing and I just kept doing more and more. And first of all, it was a hobby. And then it just went into a full-time job for a while and it it went crazy. There was, um, I think I've had 18 species of mantis at one point. Wow. And I was able to do it because it was full-time. Now I've sort of cut back a lot. But yeah, just having them, I mean, with the phasmids, they do it themselves anyway. So it's just this constant cycle and you just get to be there and go through the whole thing, every stage. Yeah, because obviously with the um, mantis, you've got that, the female will just turn around and devour the male in most cases. And I know people who've been like spiders and stuff, so they're always constantly on watch. Like, she's, she's fed, but I'm a bit, cautious about this i don't want us to turn around and take a face off so what do we do always always cautious but i've only ever actually lost two males to that it's oh, absolutely. think um if there's a lot of space the male generally can fly away and most females can't fly there are some that can but generally the male's a lot lighter and he flies away 
I forget that they have wings. <laughs> I, I actually forget that they have wings. Yeah. I'd say my favourite stage is when they're sub-adult. That's when I I think they're the most beautiful. Very sassy. Such a wide variety of colours and stuff in them, though, isn't there? It's just not, like, a bog-standard thing. Like, even with the ghosts, with the just, like... Everyone's like, oh, yeah, but it's just this little leafy-looking thing. And it's like, it's not. They come in a variety of yeah. shapes. Oh, my yeah. God. Definitely. My, my ghost is pinned up there. <laughs> my little green one. Oh, they're lovely. I love having them pinned as well because they just preserve mm. so well. Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. I sent mine to um, Dead Set to get my girl, my girl pinned. Um, yeah. She lived... Actually, my green ghost was nearly... I think just over a year nearly to, i think she was quite close to being around the two year mark to be fair um she grew really quickly at the start and then once she sort of got to to l5 she was just like nah i'm gonna go slow now i'm not gonna molt like every second yeah i've got i sent mine to pinsect and i've got a pseudocanthrops male and female but i've got them sort of set differently so they haven't got their wings all out they're set more in like their life Aww. pose but yeah that was really good it's um yeah really really good quality that is cool i'll have to check them out as well for when i get my next lot pinned and everything how many species do you currently keep of mantis at the minute now only five or six now um i've really cut back because i'm obviously working as well and i need to be able to give them the time and attention and i've I've just gone for what I want to keep at the moment. So I've got various different mossy sort of species. I've got the Adolomantis, which are the devil's flower mantis. Um, I love them. I really want one of those at some point. <laughs> my my favourite all-time favourite are the Mangella Maltinis, um, the giant moss mantis. Mm. Um, they're just camo. They're just amazing. And I'm lucky enough to have the Stenophilia Levabatex, I think it is, um, the Peruvian Dragon Mantis, which is really rare. I saw um, the pictures that you posted of them. They yeah. are so cool, so cool. They're amazing. They only actually have six molts each, the males and females in that species. Oh, wow. Um, I've got a bunch of L2 and L3, and I've got one more Ruth to hatch as well. They can't be inbred. Um, if you try and pair them from the same ooth or the same bloodline, the ooths won't hatch. So I've actually like had three different ooths so far and I've got one more coming and they're all different bloodlines. So I can try and keep them in the UK for maybe three or four years with that many bloodlines before needing a fresh one. So that's the plan. I anyway, didn't we'll know that. Oh my God, this is great. <laughs> This is yeah. that. I just knew that. Yeah, some species you just can't do inbreeding with. It just doesn't work. That's harder to keep them on. Like you said, that's harder to keep them on the market, though, isn't it? Because with a lot of species, like reptiles and stuff, they do line breeding and stuff, and you can get away with it. Whereas with with, with that with that species, if you can't, then you're no. constantly going to need other people. Mm. And if other people in the in the UK don't keep it as 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 often, you're gonna you're gonna hit a roadblock, aren't you? So. Um, no one else in the UK has them at the moment, but I've got a very good friend, um, Amazon Mantis, who is actually from Peru, so 
it's quite handy. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. How useful that is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's nice to be able to have someone that if I need new fresh blood, I can just get some. Just ask. <laughs> like, can you just send me some over, please? What's your favourite species to work with? And um, that's definitely Mangella Maltinis, um, the giant moss mantis. Um, they just dance at each other. They're amazing. And the best thing is you can also keep them communally without any losses. Well, that's what I've found anyway. I keep that's cool. Ten in like a 30, 30, 45 enclosure. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking about doing it on a slightly bigger scale with maybe a 45, 45, 45. They generally stay in little groups at the top and just do little dances at each other. It's amazing, <laughs> really, yeah. They're really interactive and they seem really involved in what you're up to and just always want to be out. That's cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome because obviously a lot of species you've got to keep on their own, haven't you? So you don't Maybe see the yeah. interactive side, don't you? Yeah. And I, yeah. I love, like, I love, like, if an animal is communal, I love seeing that interaction between them because it, it seems so primal, but at the same time, it's not. It's very intricate, and that's what I love about it. When you sit and actually watch them, there's a whole song and dance about everything they do, and that's fun. That's like they're fascinating. To me. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. The dancing must be their way of communicating and talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Sort of yeah, it must be. Yeah. I mean, like, like say for example, um, a dragon, they blackbeard, don't they? When they like. If, that they see a threat so yeah. i'm guessing like it's all visual with them because obviously we if they do make noise we can't hear it we've not, we're not picking up any waves but like it's all very visual so yeah i'd i'd, I'd i guess maybe it moves its arm a certain way to say like get away from me come be my friend <laughs> come on just put a post up saying from now on everyone must communicate in mantis language <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> What's your least favourite species to work with? I'd have to say the spiny flower mantises, just because of the attitude. Like, literally walk into the room and it's like, get away from me, what are you doing in here? This is my this is my room, no one else. Yes! Oh, they're so savage. They honestly just constantly act like you're out to kill them. And even yeah. when you offer them food, they're still like, get that away from me. Oh my God, how dare you feed me? They're affronted by everything. I was really concerned when I tried to pair them just because of how attitude they were, but oh my God, it was yeah. it just it worked out perfect. I actually had a male and a female from different lines and they both molted on the same day, so the timing was just perfect. perfect yeah. Yeah, just, I think I was one of the lucky ones because they're normally quite hard to um, pair. But, um, yeah. I can only imagine. Bad. I, only about three hours or so before finally getting <laughs> to connect. <laughs> only three hours. <laughs> with um, with the muscles, I could just put the with the mangellas. I could just put the male in and just walk off, and I could come back in a week's time, and it'll still be there. So, <laughs> um, the only reason I separate the females are adult is because I need to keep an eye on which lines are from mm. bloodlines. Oh, which. yeah. I normally let the males sort of mingle together still at the end. <laughs> they all just chilling, having a boys' night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, hey! 
occasionally like you're going on holiday for a week or so <laughs> yeah cribs ours girl boys yeah. i should say the cribs <laughs> ours <laughs> oh god that's funny i'm gonna ask like i'm gonna just derail off these questions and ask you this one is there anything you wouldn't keep is there something you just think no because for me out of all the animals mine would just be a centipede there's no way like you might be nice colors and stuff a centipede would come nowhere near yeah. mine <laughs> I'm not really into millipedes. I'm not really into scorpions. Yeah, scorpions. But the only the the only sort of insect I really just can't stand is like wasps and um, (laughs) hornets. (laughs) Mad. I don't do centipedes or spiders. (laughs) I'm all right with spiders. So. One time I asked my mum to nip round mine because I was going to be out late. And I was like, just go just go do a little check for me and everything. And I got this phone call. I was like, what's up? So she'd gone into my house, then walked back out, shut my living room and then locked the door. And she was like, has your spider escaped? And I was like, no, why? And she's like, why is there a spider in a yellow bowl? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she refused to go back into my house until I clarified that it was just the malt from me oh. salmon pink she's locked everything up and she's like i'm not going back in there I've locked everything up there's no chance it's like no she's she should be in like an exoterra she should be in there like what you're on about there's no way she could have got out unless she's like chewed through the mesh yeah <laughs> just a malt she was like about to burn me out now because she thought one of my spans yeah. oh my god <laughs> oh if that was me I would. I wouldn't. I'm sorry. I wouldn't even lock your door. I would have just left. I would have been like, "That's a you problem. I'm not dealing with that. That is a you problem." Okay. I'm sorry if someone breaks into your house. I'm sure they're going to turn right back around when they see that. It's all good. It's all good. Oh. Taking. You're not going to have like a hive of wasps. Then that's what you won't keep. That's where you draw your line. Wasps. Yeah. No wasps. Yeah, wasps and hornets. Yeah. Draw the line there. Anything else, pretty much. What about bees? So I don't really like bees, but they're not really problematic like wasps and hornets. <laughs> wasps are just angry. They just yeah. eat yeah. us. I definitely have a favour of the bees as well, but I know generally they're just not even going to bother me. So Yeah. Whereas a wasp will literally come for you and your children. Yeah. So. <laughs> Shut all the windows. They're fine anyway. Worse, yeah. <sighs> No. Is there any species you don't currently have, but in the future would love to work with? Yeah, there's. It's another mossy sort of mantis species. And it's a Cortonus, very rare from China. I think only one person in the world's managed to breed them so far. Oh wow! But I just really want them because I just love mossy species. <laughs> to be honest, right? <laughs> the things I've got now are lots of mossy species, dragons, and the devils. And that's pretty much sort of what I'm keeping at the moment. Aren't the devil super hard to keep in captivity? Like, if you like one thing's off, one parameter's off, it can just annihilate it within hours. They are difficult. I say they're difficult until you know what you're doing with them. This mm. time around, I've just no issues at all. I've, I've managed to get them to adult each time. But I think some people keep them in glass enclosures that are lined with mesh. But they need super good airflow, so they need to be in complete yeah. enclosures. And I think this is where it goes wrong sometimes. I don't spray mine at all, not once, until they're sub-adult and they get all their fluid through just their food. You've got to feed them every day or every other day and no no longer than that. 
because that's the conditions they'll be in. They wouldn't have rain and stuff like that coming down. And then as soon as they're sub-adult, it's monsoon season and you've got to raise the humidity <laughs> from 30 to 80%. <laughs> it's like a huge dive, that, in it? Yeah. Yeah, so before I got a swell reptiles enclosure, which is half mesh, half glass, or should I say three quarters mesh, and that worked really well. This time I sort of um, clean filmed and used um, some other bits and pieces to make the mesh enclosure slightly less meshy, but still leaving a lot just to help hold that humidity in. But yeah, it's going well so far. I've had female molt adult three weeks ago and a male about three days ago. So it's, it's going well with them. Like when I first got into um mantids and stuff i i i wanted a devil so bad like i just the way they look it's just so fascinating but then i looked into them i thought no because i probably would end up offing it and i wouldn't want to do that so i thought i'll stick i'll, I'll leave that to the people who have more expertise mm-hmm. than me and i'll just stick with what you'd class as beginner mantis that don't need like the huge requirements in regards to humidity and everything that pretty much standard to keep Definitely. because i really wanted one like I got um, thrown into the devils. I looked after a little baby one for my friend whilst they went away on holiday and then they just didn't really want it back. So um, I'd better buy a whole new setup for this then. Um, <laughs> like a 75 watt heat lamp, um, wow. mesh enclosure. I managed to get him to adult, which was brilliant. And then I managed to mate him with a female, but she did eat half of his arm. <laughs> Man, <laughs> a light snack. Yeah, yeah. When, when you I say mean, that, people are like, "Oh God!" Like that's incredibly lucky. Like it could have been his face. Like, yeah, but they're a lovely species. Speaking of only half an arm, the fact with with mantids, like I love the fact that like if they lose a leg or something in their next molt, they just get a new one, they just regen it, and it's like, wow, that is like some crazy good healing ability same with same with the stick and leaf insects although it can take yeah. two or three sort of molts sometimes or they might just have one little tiny sort of nemo leg oh oh that's so cute oh if i if i ever have a mantis that has a, a little tiny small leg i'm gonna call it nemo <laughs> yeah is there any species you re- regret keeping don't think regret i guess the horsehead grasshoppers I've got at the moment are hatching 70 every two weeks. So I'm regretting that a little bit because <laughs> a lot of horsehead grasshoppers. You're just going to start giving them away, aren't you? You have yeah, one. one. So although they're an amazing species and I absolutely love them, yeah, they do lay a lot of eggs. Jeez. You do get a lot of babies. That's great. 17. Where do you keep them all? <laughs> They're in a 90, 45, 90 XO. What? That's my, um, I've got a mixture in there. I've got Katie Dids, four different species. I've got Brock Phasma, Mossy Stick Insect. I've got the horse heads. And I've got some beetles in there as well. Right, I, after this, I want photos of that in the group chat, okay? Because that sounds so cool. What kind of kind of beetles have you got? There are some sun beetles in there, but there's also some jeweled flower beetles. So they're quite small, but like green ones and purple ones. They're Africana Africanas. We've got a bunch. We've got a bunch of sun beetles because what we tend to do is we'll buy uh, fruit grubs 
with the intention of feeding them to the dragons. And then we'll just like forget a tub somewhere. We've got we've even got it. And then when we go back, it's like these some beetles are just ro- roaming around. It's like, right, Mike, put them in the exoterra. Off they go. Yeah. Yeah. Go do your thing. Go do your thing. Yeah. I think my um beardy is nearly big enough to start eating the grubs. Or the grubs anyway. <laughs> like it's it's how do we explain like it's the most disgusting thing ever when a beard eats a grub because they pop and it's like oh <laughs> I was gonna say mine moved on to like the medium. Is it dubia roaches? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Today I was, I was looking and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, it's about your eye width. We'll go for them. <laughs> you can eat that. Beardies are messiest eaters though. They just don't care, and everything just pops and squelches, and it's like, oh. And they grow so quickly, and their poos are massive, absolutely <laughs> massive. I did a complete yeah. clear out earlier on today. But that was fun. Like you like we'll get up in the morning and like say the lights have been on for a while, you'll instantly know when a dragon's done its business. It's like, oh no. Someone's let go. Someone's someone's dropped one. Gotta go sort it. Someone's (laughs) dropped one. (laughs) Honestly, it's horrific. You wouldn't think it, but it is. It's so bad. But fruit beetle like fruit grubs terrify me like they do because i will not i won't pick one up with my hands like everything else morals and everything else like oh but you can buy it i'll just grab with my hands when i grab them with plastic tweezers i have felt their nauseous scrape along it and i'm like oh no and i always think i'm gonna burrow with my skin oh oh, no you said that (laughs) i had mtus and loads of rainbow stag beetles and the mtu grubs are massive but my um, seven-year-old daughter absolutely loved them and she'll just sit there and sort of move them about a bit and just talk to them and stuff. <laughs> That's cute, but terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> like, some some like some lava and grubs and stuff, I don't mind. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're right, but fruit, no, fruit beetle ones, um, I will not give them the time of day they do genuinely. <laughs> like, they generally, like, them, daddy long legs and centipedes, no chance. Not, not on my watch. No, <laughs> Nick draws a line. Yeah, I do, and it's those three. Like sting me with a wasp. That's fine. Just don't have any of them near me. Like no, Either way. Crane flies no, fly in space as well. I oh, oh I can't. Can't. which flight? Crane flies. Oh you yeah. Fly, oh. You fly and sort of move them away from you. They just sort of like go directly. They just come back. Yeah, it's, I don't know what it is. Like, I'll go and I'll grab a spider, put it outside. Not bothered, spiders here, there, and everywhere, whatever. But those yeah. things, I don't know what it is about them. Maybe it's the gangly legs. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. The worst thing about when you wear glasses, though, is that for some reason, every time they come in my room, they head for the light. But then the light reflects off of my glasses <laughs> and they come for me. And you Home know what's worse? Andrew's scared of them. He's scared of them. So, so I'm there, like, trying to, like, and he won't do anything. He'd be in the bathroom hiding because he's like, you need to get rid of them. That that, that needs to go. I have to, like, coax them out the window with, like, a cricket tub. And I'm just like, yeah, please, please leave, please. And they just attack me. So half the time, if I see one come in, I'm just like, nope, not dealing with this. <laughs> not dealing with this. <laughs> Or I turn the light off so quickly. I've never asked Alexa anything so quickly in my life. <laughs> um, my wife's so much better since we got a jumping spider. She's still 
scared of him, but not quite as terrified. <laughs> Everyone says that, like, if you want to lessen your, ag- ag- I was going to say agoraphobia, phobia. nobody's scared of leaving the house, but right. <laughs> if you want to lessen your arachnophobia, get a jumping spider. Oh, got the- get one, yeah. On the yeah, they're really cute, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. yeah Good enough to get one now. They don't move the same as normal spiders. I think that's what the, that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Swift little things then when they want to be. Just oh, on your yeah. own one minute, go next. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> You've mentioned cohabbing. What what species have you cohab successfully? Which one are the communal ones? Mantis-wise, the Mangella, Moltenis, Hania, completely, I would say communal you just leave them to it <laughs> they're, very, they're very small i've been getting ooze from each female weekly basis at the moment they're very oh, wow. very, very small and only hatch seven nymphs the hardest part is finding them um oh. i woke up one morning and considering the lights were off and the hallway light was on I could see this less than a one millimetre nymph on the outside of the glass. And I was like, I've missed an oof. It's hatched inside. Oh. And they're all escaping out of the out of the egg. <laughs> oh, no. Luckily, I managed to find all seven of them. So. Oh, thank God. Imagine, oh, imagine if it survived as well. And then all of a sudden, you just see it walking along the wall like a couple of weeks later. They're, they're tiny, though. Adults. Centimeter. We got an exo terra. We just like, where did we put it? Upstairs. We just left it upstairs. Like, we aren't going to use that yet, right? It's fine. But we went, we brought it down one day and we were like, what's this? It's like a bunch of um, Indian stick insects and like over a hundred just everywhere. And I was like, where have these come from? Like, what, what's going on? Stacey <laughs> probably thought it was you. You would then bash them in there. <laughs> like what you're bringing into the house now but we went upstairs because that's where it initially was in the back bedroom and they were like find them on the curtain poles in the bedding it's like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) inundated with stick insects i was like oh Oh my god stick insects are honestly my friend good old i love sasha she's great she went into her local pet shop and she walked past there they had the huge you know the chameleon mesh enclosures and um, oh, they had three of those full of stick insects. And she just walked past, didn't even like bat an eyelid at them, walked past, went home, and one was in her hair. <laughs> she had this stick insect. And then um, I, I'm pretty sure its name was Nano. And honestly, I was so invested in Nano's story. He lost a leg at one point, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was so inv- I honestly shed a tear when he passed away. Like, it was really sad. Trying to start a better life or what? I'm out of here. Oh, God, I'm going to cry no. about it now, like, honestly. I also keep my dart frogs with the morning geckos, so I can have them as oh, well. Oh, yes. I do um, love the morning gecko and dart frog tanks. I've got six eggs now. I'm guessing in about a week and a half, I'll have two more eggs and two hatch. I'm, I'm literally currently sitting next to my morning gecko hatching tank. It's got oh, no. 10 eggs in it. And just no. before we started this podcast, two hatched. That's why they're in here. <laughs> I kind of I kind of went into um, panic mode because I was trying to set up for this and I saw them and I was like, 
oh my god i need to find a tub quickly grab them quickly yeah. and like put them in a tub and and like you guys can just chill there until i can go upstairs and put you in like the larger like the tub i have for my morning geckos but honestly i was not expecting to see one but yeah there's still about 10 eggs in that tank and they moved into their new one i think about a month ago and on the night i moved them in one of them has laid a clutch of eggs right by the door. It is literally, when you open the door, it is so close, so close to hitting them, but it just, just makes it. So um, we have to be so careful when opening the door. But now they're, they're all eggs all along the back of it. Uh, and um, I don't want to know if there's any hidden in the background. I don't, I don't want to know. Okay, I don't, I don't. Mine are um, in the little under the vents, just under the doors. Um, yeah, oh yeah place. i have some under yeah. fence as well yeah They're that's their favorite place to lay there pretty yeah. much all the eggs in this tank are under that lip now um, and yeah. they like the back of the tank and the lip i don't find that my girls tend to lay on the glass it's only really dale that tends to just be annoying and lay them on the door yeah <laughs> my my um Presty's always sitting on the door on both bits so it's like <laughs> how can i open this Oh, I hate it when they do that. The door spread. I always just open yeah. their back, like whatever their back legs are on, or just open one side and they just grab hold of the door. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I do that. It tends to be me male, so the first thing that pops yeah. out is crackles, like straight at me, and I'm like, ah. yeah. <laughs> like, put those away, boy. Put those away. <laughs> Rude. So bad. Like, look at me. I'm a big manly man. Check uh -huh. me out. Check me out. <laughs> do you know what I had the other day? I had two males opposite each other in tanks, right? So I have one rack, this rack next to me, and then the main rack is opposite me. And I had two male tanks. Look, it was, they were literally having like a like a bowl off. Honestly, they both <laughs> were there in the exact same position with their just wiping them across the door. I was like, I was literally came in and I was like, what is going on here? Like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> the colourful life of Cresties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely love to um, do odd things. Don't what projects are you currently working on? The main thing is um, obviously the Dragon Man. This is that's the main project at the moment. It's just being successful with them. I guess is the hard bit. <laughs> There's not that much info out on them. I'm quite lucky. I've worked out, I've got three females and four males at the moment, and they, I can have them all paired up unrelated as well. That's so, I've just got to get them there, really. It's hard, it's yeah. hard, to, it's the unknown, really. Um, I believe in you. I believe in you. I, I, I reckon I can get it done. Bag. It's just, yeah, when, <laughs> you got when there's really any info in there, it's just hard. Mm. I believe okay, in you. With the glass mantis, it's the only mantis I didn't send out with a care sheet because I haven't had its whole life cycle, so I can't really write a care sheet for it because I don't know. So, do your your care sheets? Do you do you um do them from your own personal experience instead of the yeah. bog standard? General? That's yeah. awesome. That yeah. that is um, really good. Linked to heating equipment, enclosures, and stuff like that. So. All the, when we did them, me and my wife were like, what are all the things we wanted to know and just didn't know and didn't get given when we first started? And we were like, we didn't know what lamps to use, what heating, what size enclosures, you know, and where to get them from. 
I guess it's that whole thing when we started out with lizards and reptiles again, like what UVB do we need? What, what yeah, yeah. How much is getting blocked by the mesh? Are they going to get enough? Yeah. It's, it's all that sort of thing. So we tried to answer all questions on there, even down to say my Mangella can get fussy um, as eaters. So there's um, fire brats, which you use instead of flies, which are a lot like silverfish. Mm-hmm. Um, that you see in the bath, but the opposite, they just like it hot and dry. But yeah, we even put that into the care sheet so people know that you're when you get to a certain point, you're more than likely going to run into problems with the flies scaring them. So you can get a culture of these and that will keep you going. See, that's cool, like, because that's the thing, even with reptile keeping, everything is a contradiction of itself because there's so many ways to do it. So if you're doing it from someone's success, successful keeping, yeah. you don't need to go looking yeah. and think, well, hang on a minute, this person's saying that, this person's saying that. The person who's given me it or I bought it from has success doing it this way. You're not going to deviate. That's yeah, yeah, that's a really good way yeah. of doing it, yeah. That shows how much you care. I like that. That is yeah. um, really nice to actually hear that, you know, you're putting, you're not just, you know, breeding, selling that's it it's you know you've gone the extra step put in the extra effort to to make these these care sheets you haven't just got them off the internet this is like something that you've actually put together so yeah that's really really cool well, this is it. We're, we're all about them thriving and not just surviving you know give them their best yeah. care not your bulk standard basic sort of like i don't really know what their humidity level is or the heat because they're just at room temp sitting over there yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't believe in having them in cups their whole lives. I, I believe like cups have a yeah. purpose when you're growing, but you should then have a nice enclosure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to do the uh, mantis den enclosures up for when these guys get to my two get get to adult. Um, I'm going to attempt a background in them. So please send your nice. prayers because um, <laughs> they're quite fiddly, aren't they, with them being so small, but. Yeah, I'm excited to do that. Yeah, yeah. The mountain stone enclosures are great. They're great. Um, I've not had the smallest ones, so I've had the 15, 15, 20s, and the yeah, 19, that's the 19, one I Yeah, that's the size I want to get next. I think what I'm going to do is get probably do my hatchling rack in the me- medium size, and then probably get maybe five to ten of the larger size for my holdbacks because they're actually a fairly decent size, and the fact that they're front opening, oh, yeah, it's oh, once I get those, honestly, that's going to cut my feeding time down like big time. It's going to yeah, be definitely. great. Super but I am I'm currently testing my hatchling now because I did buy the one tank. I'm currently using that as a test to see how they get on in them before I go and buy a load of them. Yeah, but I use them for nurseries for everything. Mm, they are, yeah, they're really, and yeah. they're such good quality. I was really worried about breaking the door, but I dropped it the other day, not going to lie. Not with an animal in it, don't worry. But it didn't break. No. I Honestly, I slipped it on the floor and I was like, I don't want to pick it up. It's going to be broken. So I honestly left it there for about five minutes of just looking at it and going, no, I'm going to cry if I break it. Like it's broke. Picked it up not even like a scratch no cracks no, no nothing and i was like scary. yeah i was really surprised so yeah i'm i'm really excited to hopefully be able to to get those i've already told him i'm like i'm coming for you for loads of enclosures okay but have them all <laughs> god knows how much <laughs> i got to see him and marius from 
mystery man to us last night because I couldn't go mm. to the show. I met up with them. Um, oh, did you not end night. up going to the show? No, because I'm still shielding at the moment. So oh. I couldn't go to the show. But yeah, it was you able to go there for a little bit though. But it was it was good. Yeah, we're hoping to go next yeah. year as well. Oh yeah, so I have got a new species I'm going to be working with. Um, Oxypillus, which is the bird poo boxer mantis. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, we love so, bird animals. So I've got um, two oofs of them, and they hopefully will hatch about twenty each. So wow, that'll be a nice little project to get on. With. You know what I'm about to say to you? Group chat photos, okay? Yeah. I'll get the whole group chat on you. You know I'll do it, okay? So, <laughs> remember. I was also going to say communal-wise, um, the Adonto mantis, which is the Asian ant mantis. They're also very communal. And the other moss mantis, Pseudocanthrops. So, I've got three different moss mantis. No, sorry, I've got four different moss mantis species. So I've got two different types of Hania. And they're all in communal tanks. Wow, that's And then the rest cool. of them, they're not. Um, the devil's flower mantis, you can have communal. But I wasn't risking it. Yeah. expensive. <laughs> <laughs> same with um, the Peruvian dragon mantises. You can have them communal, apparently, but... They are ridiculously expensive. Um, yeah, with yeah, I can only imagine. Nymphs in America, I think, are about one hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars. So, and that's no way. Yeah, and, um, wow. I don't want to imagine what an adult's worth. You no. don't know what the ace cost either. <laughs> oh God, yeah. She no, I but, know. Um, I yeah, I just I've wanted them for years, and I just work. Yeah, if it's, yeah. If it's something you want, isn't it? If you're something you're really like into, then it, it's worth the money, isn't it? But obviously, um, then yeah. yeah, I also got a nice bit of a trade as well. So I traded some of my rare musk manises as sort of a part. Oh, of that always works. Well. Yeah, otherwise I wasn't able to do it. <laughs> gotta work your way around somewhere crates yeah. are so good though people don't i don't think a lot of people realize because i find that a lot of people especially in the reptile community are very money orientated so they don't realize how beneficial trades can be like it's benefiting both parties like obviously if it is something that you want to work with like say for instance a crest is like a color or a, like a trait um so yeah it's kind of sad when people kind of get some people do get really offended in the reptile community about about trading and um, which i find fairly amusing to be fair like why would you yeah. want to trade like it's not costing you anything like no. you know <laughs> it's always it's always worth to trade mm. hey, like if i see like the types of trade i don't like is somebody goes oh <clears throat> i've got a leopard gecko here but i want to trade it for like a tegu like if you're helping somebody else with their their passion and their enjoyment yeah. in the family, and but you're, you're obviously they're helping you as well then yeah you should you definitely go for it because it's beneficial on both parts you're oh, giving yeah. yourself that kind of enjoyment and you're helping somebody else especially if it's rarer it's like for example in their country if it's rarer for them why not go for it yeah, yeah exactly. i think a lot of people just aren't as willing to 
a lot of people don't want to see other people be better than them. So yeah. I think a lot of people no. are quite, yeah, put off. Well, an example of that is that Cortanus Mantis I want. I found someone with an E. They wanted 4,000 euros for an E. And I was like, no yes. way. I wouldn't even pay that for the other rare, rare Dragon Mantises, which I think you can get for about $1,000 for an E. So. Mad. That's and madness. I like, um, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll leave that. Thank you. That's yeah. That's that's crazy. That. Also, he's the only person that's ever bred them in captivity. So it's like, so the chances of me successfully breeding him are pretty slim, especially from the same move. So I'd need, yeah. at least, at least two of them. So it's yeah. Just like, it's just not going to happen. You're crazy if you think someone's going to pay that. Yeah, especially if they're the first person as well, because they pretty much can set the market to yeah. what they want. But they can, but um, Ennis uh, was the first to breed Toxtera, the Brazilian dragon mantis, the really big ones. And again, as I said, only a thousand dollars for an eighth of them. So yeah, it all depends on the person, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, that's reasonable. Yeah. You know, something that rare, definitely. Money, money, money. I money. can understand. I can understand wanting, say, a little bit of money. Like if it's so, like it's super difficult, and you've pumped a lot into trying to successfully do it yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Not, not even not to make a profit so much, but it's like kind of break even. Say you could have bought a load of mantis, at, at God knows how much, and you've tanked all that money in just trying to do it successfully. But when you're charging that much, yeah, well, it starts getting ridiculous. And the difference is. He went out into the wild, and yes, they are hard to find, and found himself a pair of adults and took them home. So, mm. how much does it actually cost him to get it, to it well. yeah. yeah, you have to kind of put all those things together, don't you? And that kind I of mean, makes yeah. you work out what their uh, yeah, ethics are. It money to go on an expedition and stuff, but it's not going to be cheap, but... Yeah, mm. that price tag on something that's gonna live twelve to eighteen months is yeah, yeah. yeah you've got really... to take into account the lifespan as well. And people think um, the the dragon mantises are say a hundred pounds each is expensive, which it is, but they're super rare. They're rare, they're... and they're cool. And they are really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. really cool. Mossies are still my favourite, but they're definitely <laughs> a close runner-up. Quick intermission to let you know the code for some awesome discounts with our amazing sponsors. Amphibipod are offering 5% off with orders under £20 with the code HERPINGPOD5 and 10% off orders over £20 using code HERPINGPOD10. Colourful Cresties are offering 10% off orders over £15 using the code THHPODCAST10. Be sure to check them out and give them some support and love. What species would you recommend for a beginner species, for someone who loves mantis and just wants to get into the game, or or phasmids. So I would say probably a giant Asian. For one, they don't need a great deal of extra heat, and their humidity levels are low. So you'd probably spray them maybe two to three times a week just for a drink. The other thing is they're quite a large mantis as well, uh, whereas some of the smaller ones are a bit harder to handle. A lot of people recommend ghosts because ghosts mm. are medium sort of size and they are really nice mantises. But I don't because 
they can have feeding problems and can be well known for having yeah. feeding problems. So ours did, yeah, ours did. He was so fussy. Yeah. Mm. So giant Asians, um, bud wings. Again, I wouldn't recommend the spiny as a beginner mantis because they need a super good airflow and low humidity again. So sort of two to three times a week spray. But there are, it's difficult to say because if you've kept things that require humidity levels, then I would say you can probably go for most things like an orchid. So if you if you kept reptiles and you have to keep humidity levels for them, having an orchid is going to be no different for you to having a giant Asian. Yeah. But if yeah. you've never dealt with anything with humidity, it's definitely easier to start with yeah. something you don't have to worry too much about. Something that's mm. more robust. Less easy to um, destroy. Yeah. Orchids are Stacey's absolute favourite. Oh, loves orchids. I was so close to getting an orchid from Kelly today. I was like, I really want one. Because I got two orchids before and both of them ended up being boys and I want to experience growing a female. Yeah, so, size difference in them you wouldn't even yeah. think it but so big the female so yeah. big and they've got the most mischievous eyes of all mantids them you just look at you like i'm gonna cause you so many problems <laughs> watch me just escape i told you earlier like the escapes and just sit on the monitor in the reptile room just staring at us like yo Hi. like looking around for ages like where's she gone where's she gone we've lost her <laughs> she's pleased the window's open she's not got out has she and she's like that hey. <laughs> I was about to feed a hat, new hatch of orchids ages, years ago now. And I went out of the room to go and get something. I said to my missus, just leave it. I'll do it in a minute because I can just get the corner up and get the flies in. I came back in the room and they were all over her in her hair everywhere. About 80 of them just <laughs> completely covered. I had to carefully pick each one off and get it back no. in the pot. I said, I told you just to let me feed them because I, I couldn't get them without anything escaping. Bad. When orchids yeah. are born, right, they come out red and black. Yeah. Did anyone watch that part, like Powerpuff Girls, and they had the devil? The yes. devil oh, yeah, yeah. remind me of the devil out of Powerpuff Girls when, the, when, when they first hatch. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Helvia as well. They're lovely, the, the uh, yellow ones. Oh, yeah, the yellow ones are cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't keep them anymore. But yeah, they, they were, they were lovely. Mm. What do you prefer working with the mantids or the phasmids? I've always preferred working with the mantises. Uh, the phasmids have more been my wife's thing because um, we sort of do it together. Um, as much as I love all of them as well, you just get more interaction with mantises. I find, um, although like you can obviously get a lot of interaction and love and care with stick insects sleep insects and all of that but yeah you you, you seem to have more of a relationship and bond with a mantis because normally you've got one rather than a big group of them so it's much mm. easier for them all to have names and be part of the family rather than yeah. like there's um a green leafy and there's one that's identical <laughs> 
sitting next to it. <laughs> There's a green leaf. That's leafy one. Yeah. That's leafy two. That could be leafy three, but I don't know because he kind of looks like leafy four. So I don't know. <laughs> Although um, feeding the flies is a lot easier than going out um, harvesting brambles, especially in the winter. And um, oh, yeah, bramble out without them all escaping. Yeah, not about bramble. That, that's, I was going to mention that, like, any time I had to feed my stick insects, trying to actually feed them without 70 escaping or clean out all the, like, the old bramble or whatever else he'd had. Like, because Stacey's mum's got a rose and a hawth- and I've got hawthorns, so obviously you spice it up a bit. Yeah. And then you try yeah. not to prick yourself on the hawthorns while oh, yeah. not take oh. out 70 <laughs> stick insects at the nail. same time. <laughs> Such a pain. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've we've really cut back now. So we've got the Philium tom toplanes, which are the autumn leaves. And we've also got Cryptophilium celebilic no, I can't say it. Celebilicum, <laughs> no. No, we got them, them ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't say it. And they're normally sort of yellow or orange, so green sort of more rare in them. Oh. But we're finding them quite difficult to raise at the moment. Not quite sure what's going wrong with it. We've, we've, I think we've cracked it now, but again, there's not that much information on them because cryptophilium is a pretty new thing, really. It's, they've only just been reclassified as, oh, as wow. that. But That's yeah, def- definitely mantises for me. What's your favourite reptile to keep so far, like, out of your collection? My favourite reptile is definitely my Cresty. But I get the most interaction with the Beardy, because obviously he's awake during the day. He was sold to us as a Rankins, but I think he's already bigger than what a Rankins would be. Like, people say, oh, get a, get a dragon. They're a beginner species, they're dead easy. But then they don't realise they will eat you out of house and home, especially oh, the younger yeah. they are. It's like, literally fist after money fist after fist and money because all you want to do is shovel food down it's a bin well, <laughs> when we got him he was he was the same size as the cresty and now like the cresty's a little bit bigger and he's just a giant yeah um, like a tank <laughs> but but yeah for us to be a starter species i mean the enclosure the uvb the heat lamp and everything mm. it all costs quite a bit gets yeah I think it's just personality-wise that they say it's a beginner because they are when they've been handled and they've been brought up properly. They're such a placid animal; yeah. don't really care about yeah. much. Just don't want to move much. So lazy, like yeah, I'm here. Well, everything else is intricate. Yeah, I want to get myself a blue monitor lizard when I eventually move and have the room to to house one. And the mm. other thing would be. Um, Emerald tree skinks. I'd like a group of them. Yes. I've seen I've seen how friendly they can be as well. They, um, and, um, they don't want you to pick them up, but they'll just run onto you. Mm, I do like the emeralds. The emeralds are really nice. Yeah, I had a blue tongue skink when I was younger, and I used to have a lot of uh, leopard geckos and stuff. And well, oh, oh Euromastics, dabtails. Oh, Euros are lovely. Other than what you've just mentioned, is there any other reptiles you'd like to have in your collection? I quite like the look of the tea goose. 
Oh, hey yes. Or however you say it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just nice, yeah. big, cuddly. Oh, cuddly so red. Like Your friend's got one, hasn't she, Seeks? Or is that a monitor? The monitors are the ones that do it for me. I, yeah. My friend, my friend had an Ashley that um, oh, he beat me that. to getting in the shop um, many, many years ago. It oh, had no toes on one of its feet as well. Like it was oh. a sort of and I was like, I'm having it. We could have called it Nemo. And, it was gone. <laughs> and then he had oh. it. And then he just didn't want to handle it very much. And I'm like, can I get your lizard out, buddy? And he's like, no, he doesn't like coming out. And it's like, that's because you're not trying. Yeah. Yeah, Aki's and monitors, you have to work with them daily and regularly yeah. in, in sessions. Yeah. Otherwise, they can be hella aggressive and difficult, especially when they get full size. Yeah, and you get all the yeah. damage. I saw mm. um, them miniature dwarf monitor lizards. Have mm. you seen them? Just absolutely yeah. tiny ones. I was mm. just like, they're so cute. <laughs> yeah, I do love a monitor. They are they are cool. They're very intelligent, but they just need so much work and people don't yeah. realise. Yeah. And a room. A whole yes, room. they need a lot of, yes. <laughs> so much space. It's like it annoys me when I see them. It's like, oh I've got I've got this four foot. My monitor's in it and I'm like, please no. <laughs> you need a whole massive water feature in there as well for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's, that's the bit, like that's why I've just not done it yet because it's a massive, massive commitment. Yeah, that would be a big, big, big project to work on. I think that's what's sad about that species is when people get them, they don't want to put that commitment in because no. they do they do have a lot of needs and they do all need to be met. You want your animal to thrive. So it's like you don't do the research, you just see this big animal or someone's carrying it around. It's like with iguanas. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, I could just put it in a vivid fan and it's like, yeah, most no. Iggy's in captivity don't do well, do they? No. Cans no. are doing really well. Cans look amazing, especially that one that she rehabbed back to um back to health. That one looks really amazing. Yeah. Um really difficult to keep Iggy's in captivity. What's something you don't necessarily enjoy about the Invert community? I don't enjoy people that don't research before they buy something. I don't enjoy people handing out incorrect care information and then and also which is why i don't really comment that much anymore on things i don't like it for me and probably other people who have the knowledge who correct in a nice way and then get abused for it oh that that and really was i'm literally taking time out of my life to try and help you improve what you're doing i've done it in a very nice way and I'm getting abuse for it. Like I've yeah. been doing it a long time. I don't know everything. No one does, but I won't give out information unless I know that is a hundred percent correct. Yeah, exactly. You're not just spitting out what you've heard from someone else and the next person. It's it's literally from your experience. One of the worst things is when someone's mantis dies and everyone's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, it's not your fault, it's not your fault before they've even asked the question like how's it kept or anything yeah like, I, under I understand people's feelings shouldn't get hurt but at the same time if you give the correct information now they mm. may not lose anymore in the future yeah because at the end of the day they are still lives they are still live you know creatures yeah. and 
Yeah. For no reason. But a lot of the time they die because there's a fishing mantis that's been kept at room temperature when they need 35 centigrade, you know, things like that. Yeah. Mm. Or you've got a dry species like an adolamantis and you've been spraying it every day and it's died. Yeah, just treating them all the same going through type of thing. Yeah. That stresses me out. Yeah, everyone's really defensive rather than taking it on board and being like, actually, yeah. that's really... There are people, don't get me wrong, that are like, thank you, that's really helpful. Thanks yeah, for yeah. But they kind of be a bit more far and few between, I find. You, you usually get yeah. more of the more... I always find that the more defensive people are usually when there's like 30, 40 comments and it's all people usually like going in on them and you're you've said it in a really nice way try to help them and i think because they've just been so sick of getting bashed i think they just start taking it out on everyone and just just sort of blanketing everyone as they're just treating them the same um yeah, instead definitely. of you know like taking a break coming back realizing that you know oh this person is actually saying it in a nice way we're going to ignore the rest we're going to go with this person you know instead of that so i feel like a lot of people kind of get a bit fed up especially when they're yeah. being bombarded by by mean people generally only give care advice in private messages now like if someone wants mm. to contact me themselves i'm more than happy to work with them but yeah i try not to get too involved with the because mm. sometimes you end up getting bashed sometimes mm. you comment something and if it goes against like the comment above that person yeah. comes to you. Uh, yeah, I've had that before. Like I've had that before with UV, and people were like in the like in the Cressy's in the Cressy side, and they're like, "Oh no, it's perfectly fine to sit your seven percent shade dweller on top of the mesh." And I'm like, "I have an actual solar meter, and you're overexposing your Cressy. Like you are literally blasting that animal yeah. to the surface of the sun. Like please yeah. believe when I say raise the UV, like yeah. lift it up and get the new 2.4% because it was at the time they just released the yeah. um, arboreal species, ver- species version. I'm like, no, well, it's always wait for me. Well, I'm glad that your gecko is not currently blind yet, but <laughs> if you give the good advice a long way, like if you give the good advice, like now you prevent further down the line your animal being blind. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's always a fun one. People also don't tend to realise that they tend to leave like the top of the tank very empty because they're yeah. like, I don't want to block the light. I don't want to block the light. But like, that's kind of the whole point. Like in a lot yeah. of my tanks, I usually do sort of like a, a basking area for UV. And then the rest of the t- like tank is either got sort of a place where they can sit half under, half out, and then a place that's completely blocked. Um, yeah. I don't think people realise. They sort of like, oh, I don't want to block the light. Then I can't see at the bottom. And, and yeah, they don't realise that it's not your benefit. The gecko's benefit. Like, if you want to see the whole tank, you know, just whack an LED round, you know, just a yeah. small strip LED if you're really that bothered. Like, yeah. it's not, not the big one end all. You know, as we know, Cresties generally sleep all day long. So, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to see them when the light's on anyway. Lazy, lazy, lazy. What's something you'll love about the community? I've met a lot of good, nice people through it. There's a lot of help, I guess. I probably wouldn't have got hold of the Dragon Manances if there wasn't the community because I would have never been in touch with someone over in Peru or China or wherever, basically. I've got a really nice group where we chat and have a laugh and stuff on Facebook. And it's, it's just nice 
to see new species, different, rare, interesting species and stuff. I'm like the Vespertella, which I sort of renamed the Mossy Stabbers that have sort of more like skewers than the raptors. So they (laughs) skewer their food and then just sort of eat it like a kebab. Yeah, I had, them, awesome. I, I had them for a while. Um, they're just amazing. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's nice to have support and stuff. So mm. it's kind of the opposite to the last thing I answered. Yeah. As well as the bad stuff, you've got the good stuff. You've got support. Mm. You've got people yeah. who are willing to help. And it's not just one person's commented. A lot of people are like, yes, to sort of back it up. And it's good for people who need help. I just think people should always research their animal, whatever it is, before getting it. And most importantly, buy the food before you buy the animal. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. The man of post, like, I bought this mantis. I need food. What do I do? And it's sort of like yeah. I would have ordered that um, before the mantis was going to arrive. Especially if you're ordering something like a fruit fly culture, because nine times out of ten, it comes as just the maggots you kind of wait for them to obviously do that what they do best and cast yeah. it and whatnot yeah. but, and i can take yeah so easy i always um whatever i send out i send out like full basically so mm-hmm. if people haven't sorted it they've at least got like a few days yeah, to get it ready up. yeah that's good though hopefully they have got food though <laughs> you're hoping mm-hmm. on the they have had food but just in yeah, case that, always that's- one it's always difficult sending things out because you you don't know you're sending them out to their death or if they're going to go to a yeah. really nice oh, room and leave to take care of them. That's what tugged at my heartstrings about it all. Like, mm. like Stacey, like honestly vets everyone. She will give you 10,001 questions because she needs to guarantee whatever she's letting go of is going to have the best of the best homes. Mm. That's all she wants. So I'm like, mm, 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 all the time, because it's like, oh, what what situation is this animal going to? Like, yeah. And like, give it, give Stacey due that she gets updates on all of her animals. I always see it popping up. Hey, have you seen this such and such now? What's on called mm-hmm. eggs the other day? Check out eggs. Look how eggs is doing. You know, like <laughs> with the Leo. So she... <laughs> yeah, because their second name's Mayo. They named their Leo eggs. Oh, so it's called and Egg it's- Mayo. Right, but what isn't it clutch meat to mine? Tatty peel, potato yeah. peel. So, oh my god, it's tatty peel sibling! Oh my god, yes! <laughs> Egg and potato, so win win. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, another thing I think is good about the community is if you've built like a friendship base amongst other breeders, or you know what, if you are unsure about a person, you've got that information. Like, please do not let any of your animals go to this person, they've messed me about. I've had an animal, it's ended up ill. I've had an animal, it's it's dead. I've definitely got a blacklist. <laughs> yeah. And it's good that that information gets passed about between breeders yeah. because it saves you heartache in the long run because I know some people have obviously had issues when they've sent an animal out that they've not been cared for and then they've got the blame from the person who's purchased and they've kicked up a massive stink and it takes one comment to ruin a breeder's reputation that they could have worked years to get. And then it just spreads like wildfire then. Like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to deal with this person because such and such said this and I don't want to risk it. I've had two people ever say 
that they've had something arrive dead. One that wasn't willing to provide photo proof and one that provided photo proof where the mantis was quite clearly alive in the photo. Yeah. I, however, refunded both of them because I didn't think it would be worth the hassle. Yeah, sometimes it's just not, you know, sometimes it's just not worth arguing with people. No, like, just I just thought, I'll just refund you. It's not worth the hassle and the time and the argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People forget that. Like, you could have spent years and years working to get a good name for yourself. Like, you can trust me. I care about my animals' welfare and where they're going and that they get to you and live a long life. And they're like, well, I don't care about that. I'm feeling, I've got my knickers in a twist. I'm just going to say whatever mm-hmm. I want. Yeah. And the community, if you've made like good friends within the breeder community and you put out solid information as a breeder yourself, like this is the best. If you're going for a naturalistic setup, this is the best way you can do it. If you're going for a sterile setup because you're more erring on the side of caution because of obviously impaction scares and stuff. If you're giving out that information, you kind of build, build it up for yourself. I feel everyone should give out care sheets with anything they sell. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I found from the beginning of when I started doing this to now, no one really does it. No one really no one really sends the care sheets out. And it, it's, it's a responsibility as breeders to try and give the best start for these animals, I think. Mm. I usually just send 10 million paragraphs to whoever's getting them. Yeah, but that, that's still care help, isn't it? <laughs> I am working on my care sheet, but I just, I keep running out of time and I hate typing stuff out. But, but if you message me, I'll send you a huge paragraph. Yeah, but typing yeah, on the computer, I'm just like, no, I don't want to do it. So We yeah, don't I breed don't... mantis and stuff, but when Stacey sends an animal out, she's got care sheets with all, obviously, if you wanted to do the, 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 the naturalistic way with the proper UV and everything, this is how you set it up. This is where you do it. These yeah. are the temperatures, the humidity. And it uh, should be a standard. Yeah. It should be a standard, as you said, because not everybody comes into the game knowing everything. No. And you're potentially sending that animal off someone to someone who means the best, but doesn't have solid fact-based evidence there mm. to give them a good setup. And they're you're sending that animal t- to their doom, unintentional by the owner because you've not took the time out to explain things properly and sit down or give a care sheet out and say, look, for mm. this animal, for the best chance of this animal to thrive, you need to do it this way. Yeah, there are other ways to do it, and if you want to know about those other ways, I'm happy to walk through them with you as well. Mm, for example like obviously with your dragons there's multiple ways to keep them not in the ways of uv and stuff but the substrates and everything yeah give them all possible scenarios because don't want to sound awful pet shops get a lot of flack why can't personal like private breeders hobbyist breeders why do they get a pass just because they're they're private hobbyist Mm -hmm. breeder like why do they suddenly get a pass you should be putting that effort in and saying look how you do it you should be willing to, to answer questions regardless of how many there are. You should be willing to do those things because at the end of the day, if you're going to breed these things, whether it be mantids, reptiles, dogs, cats, rabbits, you need to be putting in the extra work to ensure that they are going to a really good home, are going to a place where they're not going to be injured and things like that. And and if you're not bothered, you shouldn't really be doing it, should you? Like, no. I'm always to answer questions regardless of what it's about and if i can't answer you i'll send you to about 10 different people that can answer like you know it's just 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 how it is i find i'm answering questions constantly on a daily basis and Mm -hmm. a lot of the time they haven't even purchased the mantis from me which is fine but it's just like why 
information from where you got it from. Yeah, well, that's what means. Well, because me and Stace on those people, me and Stace tag team, so she'll be like, I'll, I'll answer them ones for her because if it's something Stacey's produced, I don't know all the answers because the Stacey's animals, I'll help with the care and stuff, but she knows the ins and outs like a back of her hand, so she's, she'll deal with all them. But obviously, ease up her workload. I'll answer, so someone will come with, I've got a crestie, and I don't know this, this, and I'll happily sit there and talk to them about it. I don't personally breed, but I'll talk to you about it. You might not yeah. have got this animal from Stace. doesn't bother me. I'll help you because at the end of the day, that right, animal yeah. will always suffer if you don't. Like, put your that's ego aside. Yeah, that's why I do it. People yeah. don't realise that even if they don't, like, like you just said, it shouldn't be that, oh, they haven't bought from me, I'm not helping you. It should be, like you said, right, you haven't purchased this from me, you've purchased it from someone else, I'm happy to help you, but why is the person you're not, you're buying from not answering your questions? And then that's where, you know, people need to be spoken to and, and someone needs to say something and be like, look, why are you not not helping these people that are, are taking on your animals, taking on your inverts and things like that? And if that person goes, well, it's, it's not my problem. They should do their own research. It should be it should be down to them. It's like, well, you're going wrong there because yeah. it, it, there's so much online that that is, you know, very outdated, very, very outdated, especially on like the Cresties, the Beardies, the Leos, things like that, very outdated yeah. stuff. And and even Googling, even when I Google stuff sometimes, I end up finding stuff that's just so, just so old. And you're like, how is this still here? Like, yeah, you know, but that's what that's what Google's for. And if you're not willing to, to answer everyone's questions, you shouldn't really be doing it, you know? And it's not really something that you're, you're not really invested in what you're doing. You don't really care oh, about where they're going because it's not just about the, you know, raising it pairing it producing it you know feeding it all that it's also about the aftercare as well of where's that animal going in two to three months i need to check in on that animal is it doing okay does it need to come back to me does do they need any help do they have any questions you know constant constant follow-ups and things like that is it is just as important as as raising and, and growing them on to me definitely it's all about care and aftercare yeah Especially if it's something you've produced as well. You need to take pride in that. Like, if it was something I produced, I want to know that that animal is thriving and okay because nobody wants to cut, like, oh, well, it's died after a month. And it's like, it's nobody wants that. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, especially if you put the time and effort in to make sure it's at the point that it's thrived mm. to the point yeah. where, yep, off you go. And not just got to, like, oh, yeah, it's dawdled along to that point. Mm. No, it, I pushed my hardest to get it as best it can be for it to go out. I want to make sure it lives a happy long life. Yeah, because it is a lot of work and time that you put into them. Because I know with some oh, Leos, they just don't eat. They won't eat. You have to coax them to eat. And obviously, once they get started, they're fine. But it's that handling time and every night trying to get them to eat one or two mealies, one or two locusts, whatever. So as a finishing question, is there any advice you'd give to anyone who's just entering the world of mantis and phasmids? Um, research is your best friend. I'd say you you want to think about what you want out of your mantis. Um, I guess what it looks like, the size of it. You you need to work out if you can ha afford the housing, the lighting, the food. It's it's not a massive cost to get set up properly with the mantis, but it's essential that you get everything like be it a heat lamp, heat mat with a thermostat to control it. What I did is, when I first started, I looked at a bunch of care sheets on different websites, 
and read between the lines. Yes. Um, most <laughs> of them are the same on certain points and then just change a bit on other ones and you just have to sort of look at it and read between the lines and just work out mm-hmm. how to do it. It's difficult. I mean, it, it's better now. As a hobby, it's growing quite a lot, probably due to lockdown and everything. But yeah, research, make sure you know what you're getting into. They don't live massively long. You can get a lot of love and a lot of fun um, with them. They are great characters. They're great pets, definitely. My my daughter loves them. So that concludes this week's episode of the podcast, Informative Inverts. A massive thank you to Simon from Sussex, Mantids and Thasmids for joining us. We've learned uh, a lot today. Uh, Please be sure to go check him out and give him a follow on all his social media platforms. They will be linked below. Don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors, Amphibipod and Colourful Kreskies, and be sure to use our codes for some amazing discounts. Thanks for all the support we've been getting in the form of messages and shares and comments. Uh, We now have new merch, so if that's something you'd be interested in, shoot us a message to find out some more information. We will see you all next week for another informative chat. Bye. 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 Thank you.